Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody. It's Donna and Steve. My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Holly Roberts joins us for hour one each day. Good morning, Holly. Good morning. Ooh, Steve is uh, in his closet as we speak. Looking pretty good, though, I must say. You mean that? Yeah. Thanks, Donna. You know, I feel like my facial hair is at the right, as I'm seeing myself right now, outside of this situation that I'm working on my forehead. Um, yeah, the facial hair is at the right spot. I'm wearing a white crew neck sweatshirt, and that might be helping the light stay a little bit more even on my face, you know? It's all about your environment with these lights and what they go to. What are you going to say? I just really appreciate the fact that, you know, you did your hair, you put on a clean shirt. It's funny that you say that. That is so funny. I, this morning, um, have been to uh, school to pick up a sick child I I will give this person the benefit of the doubt for the time being I have my suspicions Um, I will remain silent on that thank you very much Um, on the air anyway so (laughs) yeah I'm gonna get the email the text from Donna next break why are your kids always sick you live in a filth factory don't bring what they have also hope everyone's okay But so anyway, the funny thing you say about my hair is I then had to go into the office, into the nurse's office and and get him. And, uh, you know, I had like a one of those chopper hats on or like the, you know, the full blown fur situation. So then I took that hat off and then just went like this and just like ran my fingers through my hair. And it, it looks if you were in person with me, you wouldn't think my hair was done. But I'm glad that it's putting off that lie. Well, we just saw Julia. <laughs> oh, how, was she in studio? No, Julia was at home, and okay. we can all see one another, but you could tell. I mean, Julia just rolled out of bed. She has. I, mean, I just know this from a couple. Was yeah. Like going in every direction. There's that famous Project Down and Dirty uh, picture or video of when she came in and Jason and Alexis were broadcasting, and she was like, what are you guys doing? And they were like, we're on the air, you know, and her yeah, hair, like, I remember being... keep it down? She's like, they're like, we're working. Some people have more bedhead than others. And she kind of reminds me of like, I my littlest daughter has bedhead to the extreme when she wakes up. Some people's hair just goes whack-a-doodle in the I morning. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, I hope your child feels better. And that is sincere, I swear. Uh, sad news. Um, we didn't. I didn't hear about this, but apparently last week, Laverne and Shirley star Cindy Williams, who played Shirley 
uh, passed away after a brief illness. Uh, she was 75 years old. Is this a, have you seen any of the Laverne and Shirley, Steve? I know, Holly, you. Only have. little little bits and pieces. My oh, mom used to always talk about Squiggy. <laughs> so and the big ragu. Um, well, Cindy and Penny Marshall were uh, a writing team for Francis Ford Coppola for like $30 a day. When they were tapped to play these fast girls, um, who double date with Fonzie and Richie on an episode of Happy Days. So this okay. and this was a spinoff of Happy Days. They were two characters. They were very entertaining. Um, the show debuted at number one in 1976. It went on for eight seasons. But then there was a contract dispute, and um, Cindy Williams uh, was written out of the final season. I feel like, didn't they, Holly, does this ring a bell? Didn't they do some kind of reunion where they wouldn't talk to each other and they were sitting like right next to each other? Am I imagining that? I don't know. I can't confirm that. Okay, so you're I telling like me the last tension. the last season of Laverne and Shirley was just Laverne. I think well, so. yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about this a little bit on the morning show, and according to Jason, what he said is that Cindy Williams was wanting to be on maternity leave, and she was negotiating with the network with ABC mm-hmm. on how to do that. They wouldn't budge. Penny Marshall left to do the last season of Laverne and Shirley on her own. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. So Sheesh. she was also in American Graffiti. She audit, uh, auditioned to be Princess Leia in uh, Star Wars. Hmm. So we have a few clips um, of Cindy Williams. Uh, here she is talking about how quickly the show Laverne and Shirley began. Uh, After Gary Marshall, the creator of Happy Days, asked her and his sister, Penny, uh, to guest on that show, uh, Happy Days, as as Fast Girls. She said, I've got this episode of Happy Days, and I need two girls, and they're going to be the dates of uh, Fonzie gets Ronnie a date. So, Cheryl, why do you think of this kid? You've been with worse. Oh, he's nice, and a tie, too. And then three weeks later, (laughs) they called and said, ABC loves this show. And we said, what show? And they said, they love you and Penny, and they want to do a spinoff. And we didn't know what a spinoff was. Oh, I got goosebumps. Wow. And then, by the way, a couple of years, skipping one here, Halls, a couple of years before Cindy Williams would be Ron Howard's date on Happy Days, like we just heard, she was also his girlfriend in the 1973 movie American Graffiti. Uh, She tells the story about turning down this role, even though... She won it. She won the road, um, uh, the role, excuse me. She was jet lagged. Uh, she just came back from Spain um, when she had audition in front of George Lucas, who was an unknown at that time. Here's what she had to say. I dragged myself over there and I met, I was like half asleep, but George Lucas, I went in to meet him and he was half asleep. And it was described <laughs> to me as being directed by one of the writers who is this new prodigy. And I looked at him when I 
I don't think so. <laughs> I auditioned with Ron Howard. That was the first time I ever met him. He was like 17 or something. We finished the screen test and I went home and then they called and they said, okay, you got the part. And I said, you know, I can't do it. I can't, I've, I've just got to sleep, I can't. And finally, Francis Ford Coppola called me, who was producing it. And I thought it was a joke on the phone. And he said, Cindy, you really want to do this movie. Okay. And I said, I'm in. There you go. How about that? Ron wow. Howard tweeted, Her unpretentious intelligence, talent, wit, and humanity impacted every character she created and person she worked with. We were paired as actors on six different projects. Wow. American Graffiti, a couple of dramas, and then Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. Lucky me, R.I.P. Cindy. That's from Ron oh, Howard. Oh, I have goosebumps. Um, Cindy said that when uh, George Lucas did American Graffiti, um, uh he, uh, Ron Howard, Richard Dreyfus, and her, they, they all uh, auditioned uh, for another idea he had. And that would be a small movie called Star Wars. Oh, hey. Uh, do you want to hear her audition as Princess Leia? Oh, I'd love to, yeah. Okay, here's a little bit of that. When little R2 has been safely delivered to my forces, you'll receive your reward. You have my guarantee. I said, well, where is this planet? He goes, out there. George said, it's out there. What am I looking at? And he said, you're watching your entire planet be destroyed. Your record collection. Everything is going. (laughs) Your record collection. (laughs) The plants, sure. Loved ones, yes. But my records? Very sad. She was uh, only 75 years old. Cindy Williams a.k.a. Shirley from Laverne and Shirley, R.I.P. Coming up here today on the rest of the Donna and Steve experience, we, of course, at 1030, will play the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. Rock O'Clock happens at 1130. We think there might be a hipstery lesson today where he teaches us some hipster things. We're not totally sure. We'll find out at 1130 today. Um, How about this, though? When we return, I stumbled on some random little behind-the-scenes quips about working on reality shows. Mm. And then it really got me thinking about one of my favorite long-since-dead reality shows that I think they should bring back if they haven't tried to already. We'll get into all that when we return. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk. Good morning. Welcome back. Appreciate you guys listening to the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 107.1. Everything entertainment. I didn't even ask. Hey. I'm so sorry. No, you were in the middle of a no, really please. Emmy Award winning intro. Did we win any My Talk Awards this morning? Guess what? What? We did. Did we? What category? We won two. Guess which ones? Um, uh, the, the... Today we did um, Most Valuable Celebrity, Best Actress, and Best Movie. I think we won Best Actress, Best Movie, not Most Valuable Celebrity. You're close. All right. We did not win Best Actress. We won the other two. So yeah! Harry, Woo! Prince Harry was our most valuable celebrity. Correct. And the uh, best movie, what did we say? Uh, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, TGM. Yeah. Nice. Not bad. So we've got two right now. I think we've got the most of all, unless the Academy's got two. Then we're tied up. Oh, this is exciting. Wow. I know. And I'm in tomorrow defending some other stuff. I look forward to the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh. going to be good. I'm going to tell them like it is. There's one that I know about. One of the, the topics tomorrow, 
I feel pretty in the know about what I'm defending. I forget what it is. It'll be exciting in the moment. That's what living is. <laughs> well said, Steve. Thanks. Go I get saw, them, team. Yeah. <laughs> I saw an article on DeefSub. Have you seen this website? No. I'm sorry. I read that backwards. BuzzFeed. And they had this list of just random little people who have been on reality shows and what they thought of it and what's real and what's fake. So I kind of, it was clickbaity, but I was interested. So I started reading through. In the end, the, the main reason I bring this up is because of the show that it reminded me of, the reality show that it reminded me of that I used to watch all the time. But we'll start with a couple of quips from the BuzzFeed article. Uh, somebody said, I was on House Hunters International. The cool thing was that all the crew was local to the country I was in, so I was able to get some great places to check out. However, the amount we filmed for a 22-minute show was hilarious. I had to redo things because they wanted a reaction that was mad, happy, annoyed, etc. I was also too nice about each place, and I didn't argue with the realtor enough, so I had to fake being mad with him while off-camera we were singing and dancing together. It was great. House Hunters International. Uh, Judge Judy. I was on Judge Judy. I've always wondered what these people are told beforehand and after. The only thing that they told us was she gets paid to be a jerk. It's all real. So if you've ever wondered if Judge Judy stuff is sort of drummed up a little bit, they, this person at least would say, nope, it wasn't. Years ago, my daughter made it to the final casting for The Real World. Mm. They had a group of finalists in a room, and then one of the producers said, Rihanna and Chris Brown discuss. And then that's how they were judging. How are they, oh how opinionated will they get? Oh my gosh, that's interesting. Will they get argumentative? Stuff like that. Um, I auditioned for Master Chef. You are required to bring an already prepared signature dish. They do state that the judges will not be considering temperature of dishes since it's difficult to keep food warm for hours. So when you audition, you've got 90 seconds to plate your dish from your coolers. And then the judges walk around, they taste the dishes, they get feedback, you're asked to stay back for additional questioning, or you get a, we'll update you. Uh, the experience was overall very pleasant. The hardest part is the wait, but this person said I was one of the first people in line, so I didn't have to endure that so much. Uh, somebody else said, I knew someone who went on Storage Wars. He mm, said I used to watch that a lot. Oh, my dad used to love this show. He said, I knew someone who went on Storage Wars. He said it was all fake they told him what to say on camera and if you go back and watch storage wars oh some realities drip in their scriptedness and others leave you kind of guessing like was that a real moment or what storage wars there were a couple other like a and e shows that just felt so staged and oh, i was yeah oh my god go back and watch an episode of storage wars these people are being fed lines by producers. Look over this way. Now pretend that you just... Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Got an offer that came through your phone. It's Watch them. Oh, okay. How can you not? I feel that way about uh, Bachelor and Bachelorette and even Real Housewives to some extent. Mm. It just feels nobody acts the way that sometimes these people act on screen. And I think they need to beef up the drama to keep uh, to keep your job, your storyline alive or to create a storyline that you might not as a human being feel personally. You know, you might not have those real feelings, but a producer gets in your ear. What was the show on Lifetime about? bachelorette bachelor oh god what was it called not remember well it was put on by a bunch of former producers of the bachelor and bachelor years ago right just a few years ago yes i was obsessed with it um anyway continue i'll get the name of it um now i really just get to somebody said that they uh, they were they had a friend who was on a spinoff of this reality show and it wasn't all that great of an experience blah 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 but it got me thinking about the original version of this show which i loved which i'm sure had scripted elements to it but did you used to love the show what not to wear on tlc oh absolutely what a wonderful show that was i could watch yeah, yeah, that if you want to feel bad about your wardrobe well listen some people need <laughs> straight talk they was it a surprise would they surprise the people at the beginning and kind of ambush them like hey your wardrobe wouldn't they like catch somebody walking into work and be like hey Susie yeah your friends uh think you need a you know because you're always in sweatshirts and jeans oh no (laughs) (laughs) I know any of us at any time could be uh eligible for this but then you would have Clinton and oh goodness the female co-host who I enjoyed Stacy Stacy yes and they would go in and they would just they gave such practical advice though I thought and then they would take people and i imagine think of someone hypothetically in your life who struggles with change i'll pull donna out of thin air i would imagine you being on that show and then them putting you in a dressing room and then saying try this this and this and then invariably you would have the people on what not to wear coming out and you the viewer at home would be like oh that looks really good and they would say i don't know this just isn't me and i've never had a shirt fit like this what they were doing was putting them in clothes that actually fit because sometimes you might have a person who was of a certain size trying to wear, thinking that if they wore the shirt one size, no, well, even the opposite sometimes, one size too small sort of made them feel smaller. But then you're right. Also, you get the flip side, which was baggy, which made them look bigger. It looked like they were wearing a parachute. Right. They would go through all that. Then they'd go and get their hair cut. Then they would have the grand reveal of all the friends and family saying, we knew we'd love you more if you look better. And they'd be at a restaurant. (laughs) They'd be at a restaurant waiting for the person to come in and then they would cheer for them and they looked better the significant others would see them i loved the show what not to wear thank you and the show i was thinking of is called unreal on lifetime and the the woman who starred in it was so stinking good um what's her name guys you'd know it if i said it 
Oh, that person. That person. uh, No, I'm going to say her name, uh, and you're going to go. Well, Steve, you're going to go. I don't know who that is. Constance Zimmer. Mm. Fantastic. Great actress. Why did you just text me, Donna? Because uh, you texted me earlier. I know, but we then just spoke about... I texted you earlier, did we win anything at 8.51? We just had the conversation on the air. I did it too. Is that... It was a joke. It was a joke. Okay. So yeah. it's not like a you thing where you have to tie up a loose end. Don't let any text go unanswered no matter how long. Of, maybe there's a little oh. bit of that, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder. I don't know. It simmers under the surface. Rony Chatter next. Hey guys, welcome back. You're listening to Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071. Everything Entertainment. Woo! We're talking about reality shows just a moment ago, and now I'm seeing this headline in page six that says Bravo's classic Real Housewives of New York City is dead. Wow. This is coming from page six. They said um, that it was contract negotiations for the version of the show that featured the cast uh, of Luann, De La Seps, Ramona Singer, Sonia Morgan. Their negotiations had stalled. And so word is that Bravo has rescinded its offers to the talent. It is currently... um, uh, having no plans to put the show on, which was rebranded as the Legacy Edition last year. I didn't even notice that. Oh, I like that. The Legacy Edition. Yeah, they got an all new reboot of The Real Housewives of New York City in production right now. So, all new people. All new people. Unbelievable. I am kind of open to that. Because after a while, you're like, oh, great. Are you going to deal with Ramona again? Now, sources are stressing that the network never says never and that the show could be revived in some form in the future. Um, You know, I think they did this with um, Real Housewives of Miami. They pulled it and then years later brought it back. Like eight years later. But, um, you know, I haven't watched any of the super shows. Have you, Holly? No, I'm not. I don't dabble in the Real Housewives oh, universe. I don't. You're so lucky. Because <laughs> it's hard to get that time back. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah I've, oh, go ahead. I watched one episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Only under the most persistent of uh, suggesting by Don and Donna. Mm-hmm. And... There was the Hilton. Miss Hilton was on it. Yes, that's right, um, Kathy. Kathy Hilton. And this was around the time that the blonde, I know that only narrows it down so much, but the blonde-haired woman. Sonia? No. Uh, older husband. They split. Erica he, Jane? That's her. Yes, 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 yes. She came in and was talking, and there was some drama, and it was a very fancy lunch. I believe Brandy Carlisle? Glanville? That's it. <laughs> was this, there, is this is fun. Was there. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I remember uh, uh, Kathy Hilton being a peculiar mm-hmm. in that episode, and... The other ladies, and I'll just call it like I see it, uh, seemed like they had some questions about Erica Jane and the emotion that she was bringing to this brunch. (laughs) 
Yes. You know, I think what had happened was Erica had to keep a poker face about what she was going through and what, you know, she was probably getting legal advice that said you can't talk about A, B, C, or D. But the women wanted answers uh, to a variety of questions, which Erica kind of uh, withheld because... Mm -hmm. Yet she needed to keep her job because she was uh, about to lose a lot of money. So, any who's all. I might dabble in the new Real Housewives of New York City, though. Because one of the cast members is Jenna Lyons. She's a J. Crew person? Yes, and I love her. Really? Oh. What do I, if I don't know anything about her, what should I know about her? Uh, Jenna Lyons. She used to be the creative director for J. Crew back in the day, like 10, 15 years ago, when everyone wanted to have that J. Crew look. Yeah. It was because of Jenna Lyons. Now she's moved on to other business ventures. She's just a cool cat. And mm. I will just follow her around just to take in her essence. Oh, interesting. Uh, it'll be, I'm very curious about how she's going to embrace the real housewives universe. I would, I would watch this one too, because yeah. it's going to be more diverse. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be people maybe we don't know about right. that much. And it'd be fun to learn about somebody new. Um, I loved when Carol was on, um, Carol Kennedy adjacent. Oh, um, um Ratzewell? Yes. Yes. I really liked her. I think it was like an interesting balance of different types of people i think i might have an idea for how you can make this show more interesting okay as they try to reinvent i think there would be a very interesting dynamic if you had and i know it wouldn't work because then this person would be the pure plant they don't know each i don't know how well these women know each other before these shows but it's presumed they at least bump into each other from time to time but imagine in Real Housewives of New York, if they had five key characters mm-hmm. who were all very well-to-do and all that kind of stuff, and one person who was working two jobs, right. just hustling around, yes, and, you know, I'm thinking like these, these powerful superhero single moms out there yes. who just get bleep done, and then... They bring them to one of these tables, and I'm thinking back to the Beverly Hills brunch, when it was just—I mean, you know—oh, the 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 level of uh, money that was there was Bouginess, was prevalent. Yes, it and was... then if you bring one person in who's just funny and cut through the crap and was like, rolls oh, her eyes at them, wouldn't like, that be oh great? God, with and then nanny. one of them starts to complain about like, you know, Dolce and Gabbana wouldn't accept my return or whatever. And then you cut, keep, maybe what I'm thinking is a, a Saturday Night Live sketch. Maybe that's how it would play better. Like one person won their way on to the Real Housewives and totally screwed up the uh, the the mystique that it had, the vibe that it had. Like, why does everyone have to be super rich? That's what I want. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like maybe it would be more fun to do Real Housewives of like. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, people who are real. I don't think so because we love watching rich people do rich people things. Yeah. You know, it's, and I think, I don't know if it's rooted as much in 
vanity or curiosity of how the other half lives. You know, not just like the well-to-do, I got a raise at my job, but these people are generally filthy rich. So it is curious to see inside of their lives. But, man, it would be great if a, uh, you know, a fly in the soup kind of a thing, if you just had someone who came in and everybody else is done up, they've got their little cute brunch hats on and the violins are playing and then somebody comes in late still wearing the name tag from work. They're like, sorry, it's been a day. You know, yeah. and they, <laughs> it would be great. I would well, love Well, you know, that. there was one, I don't know if it was Orange County, it had to be Orange County, where there was a girl named Gina from who's from the East Coast and... She was going through a divorce, blah, blah, blah. And she ended up having to downsize her home. So like when people would come to her new home, it would be like, oh, this is cute. You know, like, (laughs) oh, how cozy, you know, when it was like a perfectly nice home. But to these filthy rich women, they were like almost felt sorry for Gina because she had to live in a. You know, a two-bedroom. Yeah, the Real Housewives of Orange County had a little grit to it when it yeah. first started. Oh, yeah. is that right? Vicki Gunvalson, she was in. Uh, she was running her successful insurance business. Yes. Oh. At the same time of being on the show, so she was, you know, like I got my stack of papers and I'm doing all this. Yeah. And working. I'm making it working. I'm making it happen for myself. Exactly. And I think they need to get rid of the glam squads. I don't um, need yeah. to see people getting their hair done and their makeup done. And and here's the thing. They're getting their hair and makeup done, Steve, to let's just say they're all renting a house in the Berkshires. And they're all staying in this big house. And they come down, like, just to have dinner. They're putting on gowns and makeup and, and having their hair done just to sit with their girlfriends for two hours. Mm-hmm. Now, you, granted, there's cameras there. Yeah. You got a little Real Housewives in you, though, Donna. A little Real Housewives of Bloomington. Rahab, Donna, mm-hmm. you you put lipstick on, a little, little eyeshadow to take the trash out or get the mail. That is true. <laughs> you know, you, there's, maybe there's something there. Maybe the Real Housewives of Bloomington, you and the other ladies from your cul-de-sac get together. I'm sure you guys have some interesting like evening conversations on the patio in the summer. Let's get some cameras up on that. I don't like that idea, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's in development. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. It would be funny to do some kind of project down in dirty like that. No, no, Donna. No, no, no put it back. No. Put it back. Put it back. Put yep. it back. No, no, All right, no, let me no, ask no, you no, this. No. Would you I'm rather out. do something like that or would you rather do like a dancing with the stars type thing? Dancing Which with the stars. I would yeah. quit right on the spot. I'd go, and, sorry, no, I I no longer Donna, work Donna, you'll here. be my partner. We can dance. Oh, we can okay. do the foxtrot. Look how easily okay. you brought her back in, Holly. Yeah. That woman almost walked. <laughs> <laughs> we almost lost the Real Housewives of Bloomington Legacy Edition. Oh, guys. Okay, she's All still right. here. Anyway, uh, Andy Cohen, by the way, meantime, is saying, like, don't believe everything you read in the page six. Yeah. So... We'll see. Uh, Can I just tell you something really quick? I'm watching. I'm done. I finished the first season of a show called The Shining Girls, which is based on a book. Uh, I don't know what I think about it. I I was kind of hooked for a little while. Then I'm like, what is this? This is uh, Jamie Bell, who you might remember as Billy Elliot back in the day. He plays a creepy killer. Elizabeth Moss. (laughs) Elizabeth. Moss plays one of his victims. She's a survivor, a journalist. And at first it was kind of interesting. Then it was kind of annoying. 
First of all, Elizabeth Moss, she's just doing her role in Handmaid's Tale. Oh, is it a lot of eye twitching? Yes, and a lot of like resting bitch face. Oh. You know, there's a lot of that. Um, but it's a murder mystery. And it like time jumps and it's like time bending and then it's confusing. And but it's about the effects of a traumatic occurrence and how it can affect someone throughout life. But it's also about resilience. It's this it's this. I can't even say I recommend it as much as I want to know if there's anybody else out there who watched it, because I've not heard any buzz about this show whatsoever. Yeah. Well, you know why? I mean, it's tough for a show. I think there are a lot of great shows that don't trend on Twitter. Yeah. But it's so easy for the trending shows. But I get it. Then you kind of feel out of it because you're looking around. You know, you could say, hey, did you watch Wednesday? And it feels like five out of ten people watch Wednesday. But, hey, did you watch The Shining Girls? And half the people have never like, what is that? heard of it. Right. You know? And this one's like a slow burn. I would, if you liked uh, The OA or if you, you liked Severance... You might like this show because it's weird like that. Like it's doing, you're not just like in life as we know it, but things change and the year changes. It's like a quantum leapy kind of thing. Mm. Anyway, I'm not going to watch a second season, um, but I just needed to talk about that and get it off my chest. Thank you. Safe place. Kind of supernatural. Bye. Are you, are you done? Okay, because usually you're done when you say thank you, but you have anything else? <laughs> no, that you that's asked? it. Okay. Um, how about this one? You stick around because after the break, things have been seen and things need to be said. Is there an actress who is about to get unnominated for an Oscar? I saw the story this morning. I hadn't ever read anything about this before. I don't know if the two of you knew about this or not. I'll tell you which of the leading ladies could get unnominated today for the Oscar. We'll get into that when we return. It's Donna and Steve on my talk. Hey, friends, what's up? Stevie Boy here uh, for my buddies at the Canopy Group. Listen to this email that I got last night. Oh, this is so cool. It's from Heidi. Um, I've told you about Heidi before. Here's what she says. Hey, I'm the one who saved over $1,200 a year switching to the Canopy Group while getting better coverage. Well, I just had a water leak in the basement. Six months into our new contract with them, From the first call to the new insurance company, to the adjuster actually visiting the house, to the confirmation of, hey, you've got a check in the bank, three business days. No one has ever been that impressive. We can now move forward with the contractor with no issue. Super impressive. Uh, This is what I've been telling you about when they have customers all the time. Could be you today if you go to thecanopygroup.com. They switch out. The Canopy Group turns to their 16 insurance companies. They say fight for their business. Give them better coverage at a better price. Maybe you could save $1,200, too. Never know. TheCanopyGroup.com. Hey, good morning. Welcome back. Donna and Steve on My Talk 107.1, where talk is fun. Woo, I'm stalling for a second here, guys. Absolutely. Just deal with me, man. Stall as long as you want, my friend. All right, say something. Hi, it's uh, Tuesday. The time now is 9.47. I have a uh, story. I saw a thing this morning, and I hadn't seen this thing before. And I said, I need to say something. It's my duty. I'm duty bound. If you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. 
If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. I subscribe to a daily email newsletter. It's called The Morning Brew. Have I ever mentioned it? Only a million times. One of their sub-stories in their quick-to-read five-minute email says, uh, Entertainment, the Oscars might take back a nomination. And I said, put me down for a... uh, Say what now? The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences will meet today to determine whether to rescind Andrea Riseborough's Best Actress nomination. And if it does happen, it would be the Academy's most art-indie darling move of all time. Anti-indie uh, darling movie move of all time, excuse me. This woman, Riceboro, uh, her nomination for her performance in To Leslie was a shock when it was announced as the film had seemingly, as they write, less heat than some Roku originals. To Leslie, how much do you think it made at the box office, Donna? Uh, I'm going to say $5,000, Bob. $28,000. Not exactly an Avatar 2, but in the waning days of the nominations voting period, endorsements poured in from stars like Jennifer Aniston, Kate Winslet, and Edward Norton. Kate Blanchett, also a nominee, even mentioned Riseboro in her Critics' Choice Award acceptance speech. So you might ask, what is the issue? Well, there are many rules involved in Oscars voting. And in its campaign to receive votes, two Leslie may have violated a few. Uh. Potential issues are a rule against contacting voters directly uh. and encouraging promotion and a rule against singling out competing nominees by name. If you step back from all this, the Morning Brew, Brew concludes saying, most insiders predict that Riseboro's nomination will be upheld, but some in the industry are upset that it takes away a place for Lauded performances from black actresses like Danielle Deadweiler and Viola Davis to be celebrated. Nominations have only been rescinded nine times in the history of the Oscars Hmm. and never for an acting nomination. Don, I'm going to look you square in the eyes and ask this question. This is a safe place. Your reputation's already tarnished. Nothing at risk here. Prior to this story... Had you ever heard of Andrea Riseborough, and did you know she had been nominated for an Oscar? Uh, no, I no negative to both questions. Uh, now I kind of want to see the movie. It looks interesting. Mark Maron's in it. Oh, your crush! You love yes. Mark Maron. Allison well, Janney's in this. I bet it's a wonderful performance, and I get what they're doing. The folks at Two Leslie, if it made twenty eight thousand dollars at the box office. Uh, you could understand why they would say, wait, wait, she's so good in this. What could we possibly do? What connections do we have? Who could we reach out to? But apparently there, there's a little gray area about these conversations that were had and whether or not they are, in fact, violations of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences rules. And so we will, uh, we will wait to see. I, I suppose the question would be, and I, I don't think we'll get to it, at least not based on that reading of that article, if she were to have her nomination rescinded, would they then say, is it kind of like the all-star game voting in sports? Then they put up a reserve and say, okay, well, congratulations, Viola Davis. You've now been nominated. Wow. I, I If I were Viola Davis, I'd probably not feel great about that, first of all. 
But can you just repeat, just so it's clear? Mm-hmm. So because this this movie was critically acclaimed, just nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. the critics. So, <laughs> and it's the way that they marketed it. Specifically, I think the Academy is targeting a social media post from Two Leslie. That directly compared Andrea Riseborough's performance to that of Kate Blanchett. Okay. And that apparently is an Academy no-no. I In see. their rules. Referencing other nominees by name. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so now they're going to go back into the Academy kitchen and have a discussion on that. Got it. Although I, I have been reading in the trades, most likely... Andrea Riseborough is going to keep her nomination. She's not going to win, but she's no. going to... I mean... So she just broke some rules, or her people, her camp, broke some rules on how to market this Maybe they would say bent. Yeah. Push the envelope. Maybe Mm -hmm. they were a little unaware. I don't know how well in the know her camp is, or how well in the know they are of the Academy rules. Well, and it was pretty obvious, this marketing campaign for Two Leslie, because all of a sudden, all of these A-list celebrities, a couple of weeks before the Oscar nominations... We're praising this movie, saying how great it is, pushing out the trailer, doing all of these things that were like, this is sus. So whatever is happening here, what is going on? I mean, fair play if this is how you're going to market your movie. But it was like, okay, what's the deal with this? Do you think there was anything that happened behind the scenes? Like, hey, if if let's pick a name from this list. Hey, Jennifer Aniston. Go give a public shout out for uh, Andrea Riseborough's performance in Two Leslie and in exchange, blank, blank, blank. I don't know if that would necessarily be true as much as maybe you have friends who worked on the film who just yeah. asked for a yeah. little hand, you know, a hand mm-hmm. in getting the word out there using your platform to help a pal out. And that being said, People genuinely like the movie to Leslie. It's not getting bad reviews. It's just the, how do you get a small little picture out in front of all these eyeballs? Yeah, I want to know where to see this movie now. Mm, yeah, great question. Let's find out. Let's pass it on. Let's all watch it. I will now say something about Morgan Wallen. Okay. Whose uh, bumper music, the the song that he sings on that, I really like. Really I was good. talking to you, I was like, Donna, I think I like Morgan Wallen. I think it's the only song I've ever heard of his, but man, he, he's got a cool voice. And he's got an album coming out, I believe. Early March, first week of March. I was taken aback by this number, 36 tracks on the album. Is it a double album? What a great question. They have double albums? Uh, this just seems so excessive. So then it made me look up, what are the most tracks ever on an album? 446. What? <laughs> it was achieved by Mark set? Lee and the Pocket Gods um, with the album titled 500 by 30 Morse Code Days and Lockdown. That mm. was released on the 1st of May in the year 2021. Now, what were you going to do? Hmm. What else were you going to do? <laughs> I mean. Guys, should we cap it? We're at 411. <laughs> songs well you know Uh, i don't think it's any different than taylor swift putting out two albums in a week you know with you know 14 tracks on each during the pandemic i wonder this morgan wallen album with 36 tracks are some of the tracks going to be like little 30 second like interlude walk to stage where you just hear like a little twanging guitar and footsteps and a vocal warm-up pick up truck yeah, and that's the end of the song. Oh, God, <laughs> riding right, shotgun.
Uh, by the way, you can watch Two Leslie. You can rent it for six ninety nine on iTunes, Amazon Prime, Google Play, YouTube. There you go. Holly Roberts is out. Producer Mike is in. Dirt Alert and Music News.